And welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us in this segment of the program. As always, we talk uh, now Nevada Tiger basketball on the boys' side. And joining us, as always, is Nevada head coach Sean Gray to talk about his program that, unlike the Lady Tigers, who only had one game over the last week, they've been quite active. Three games over the last week, last Friday, Monday, and Tuesday, uh, leading up to our conversation here tonight. All three good uh, good ball games, all three going in the win column for Nevada, as a matter of fact. So, good stretch of games for you. Yeah, Mike, we, we talked to our guys about out, you know, coming out of the front neck tournament, trying to get on a roll, try, you know, trying to, to you know, obviously we're in conference play. You talk all season about playing your best basketball in this stretch, but we've talked about, you know, the district tournament and and trying to continually be growth minded in these last three or four weeks so that when the district tournament does come, we feel like we're clicking on all cylinders. And uh, these last two or three games uh, have been a step in the right direction. Well, Nevada winning a, a couple of balls. Uh, in fact, uh, getting two wins in uh, Big 8 West play and winning a rivalry game as well. And that's where we'll start last Friday over at El Dorado Springs against the Bulldogs, uh, a Bulldog team that has uh, certainly improved over what we've seen the last few years. And uh, But you go over there and pick up a 10-point victory, 53-43 on their court. So what was the difference for the Tigers? We knew going into that game, Mike, that they had a heck of a guard in, in Landon Murray, left-handed point guard that, that as a sophomore was their best player and, and now as a senior has, has even gotten better. So a big key for us was to not let him get hot, especially from the three-point line. And while he, while he did end up with 13 points, they were really spread out and he did not get anything from the three. And a couple of those buckets that he made were really tough, hard-earned buckets. I thought we made him work for everything that he got. And then the Gordon kid, uh, just super bouncy athlete, trying to contain him. He he got I think seven, uh, five points in the second quarter, um, but then we held him scoreless in the second half. And taking those guys away was a big key, and it really made buckets hard to come by uh, for them most of the game. You know, holding them to forty three points, one of their lower point uh, point totals of the entire season. And then on the flip side, we've we talked a lot over Christmas break how we thought that first half or third of the season we were not getting to the free throw line enough when we would attack the paint we were trying to avoid contact we were long or broad jumping instead of getting to two feet relishing contact and understanding that i'm going to try to make this but if i if if i draw contact that's a good thing and uh, we were able to get to the free throw line a lot so i thought our defense on their best players and our ability to attack the paint and be strong and physical through contact were probably the two biggest keys for us on friday well 53 points certainly not anywhere near your highest point total of the season but when you look at the book look at the box score what struck me is you got two 11s you've got uh, a nine two sevens uh, you really spread the wealth on friday we did and, and that i think was in large part mike to the way we were being guarded um El Dorado had some size and we would just try to take advantage of the matchups and we tried to run offense until we got their bigger kids more on the perimeter and then when we when we saw that space inside then we would try to go and try to attack and and it really just led to different guys having those openings and, and, and having that uh again Bryce did a great job of getting to the foul line um you know we we didn't make a ton of threes you know if you told me we only made five threes I'd say well that's that's a little under what what we typically want to do but again all the attacking all the getting to the foul line uh, was was the biggest thing and and the game was called we thought pretty similar on both ends especially in the first half both teams were getting a lot of fouls a lot of our fouls though were not shooting fouls Mm -hmm. we we were committing fouls on drives being physical keeping them out of the scoring area and then on the flip side we were able to draw those fouls 
when we would get all the way to the basket. And a lot of guys stepped up and made shots. And again, as we've started to see here lately, good contributions, not only from our starters, but also from our bench as well. Yeah, they had 18 fouls. You had 15, so really not a big discrepancy. And they had to foul late to try to get you to the free throw line. Yeah, people see, well, well, Nevada shot 28 free throws and Eldorado only shot 10. Uh, that wasn't fair and wasn't even. Well, the foul calls were almost the same. It was just a matter of we were able to get all the way to the basket and draw the contact, whereas our guys did a good job of being physical at the point of attack and not allowing the basketball inside the scoring area nearly as often. Well, that Nevada uh, picking up that victory again, uh, 53-43 over Eldorado Springs as uh, Nevada has this busy stretch going. It got them back above 500 at 10 and 9 on the season. And Nevada now moving into a matchup back in the Big 8 Big West play uh, Monday night against the Lamar Tigers. Obviously, another rivalry game, a makeup from back on January the 9th. 62-51, to 51, the final Nevada gets the victory. And uh, when you talk athletes, you're going to point right down there at Barton County to Lamar. You know they got athletes, but uh, did a great job containing them. And the number one, you know, you pick up 62 points over half of them inside the lane. Yeah, we just, we've continued to emphasize and, and harp, so to speak, on getting to the paint. We, we thought we did that at a pretty high level against El Dorado. We were able to get to the, to the foul line. And then, you know, same thing against Lamar. Lamar's very athletic. And, and it was another situation where, just like El Dorado Springs, Lamar's best player is a very quick guard um, in, in the Googie kid. But unlike the Murray kid from El Dorado, who I thought his biggest strength was shooting, uh, number 23 for them, Ian, Ian Googie, he's lightning quick, and he's at his best getting downhill, getting to the basket. And we did a great job in the first quarter. He, we did not allow a bucket to him at all, Mike. And, and I thought that set the tone, and that was what allowed us uh, to jump up to that five-point lead. And then on, on the other side of it, as athletic as they are, we felt like if we could run some longer possessions, they would grow weary of guarding. And again, it was, it was, a, it was a point where the longer we had the ball – Things opened up inside, and we were able to go score inside the paint. Well, while the three-pointer was not a, a big contributor that night, we mentioned 34 points inside the paint. The three-point shot was a big contributor in the second quarter uh, when you pick out 20 points, and uh, two of those coming from Kellen Braden in back-to-back fashion that really kind of lit a spark. Man, Kellen's been shooting the ball well for us, and his teammates are doing a good job of finding him. Jack, Jack is getting more and more physical whenever he attacks. He's playing off two feet. He really dominated that first quarter with eight first quarter first quarter points. Kellen's man was the one that kind of decided he was going to help more in the paint. Guys found Kellen. He knocked him down. And then uh, Riddick shook. It was nice to see him get back in the three-point column as well. He, he's a, a big-time shooter for us. So anytime you, you can have that balance like we had in the second quarter, you can have some big point totals. And, and uh, yeah, 20 points is, is a lot for a quarter. Unfortunately, we lost Googie in transition a few times in that second quarter, so we gave up 17 uh, to Lamar, so only a, a three-point margin in the second quarter. But Nevada gets the win by 11, and you get to 2-1 and one in a Big A West play. 11-9 uh, and nine overall, starting to string together these wins that we talked about, and uh, that's certainly, and we're going to talk about another one here in a second, but that's, that's momentum building as you enter into this final month of the regular season. It really is, Mike, and, and we thought Lamar had one of, if not the best players in the conference and we knew that they'd be ready for our game and they'd be up for it. And, and just the fact that coming off a good win Friday, we were able to refocus, have a short practice Sunday before the Chiefs game and get honed in on a big game opponent and for the most part show mental toughness and mental focus and execute a game plan 
um, as, as we're getting into the home stretch here. Back to Big A West played last night. Uh, Nevada playing the Monday Cubs uh, yesterday evening. A team that came in at seven and thirteen, one and one in the conference, and uh, Nevada uh, looking for another win last night out in the home court at Wynn Gymnasium. Tough ball game early on. Uh, five tie, or sorry, two ties, five lead changes in the first quarter, and he kind of got a got a handle on it and just in, gradually increased that lead over the next three quarters. Uh, Monette, you know, even though they lost by nineteen, they didn't make it easy. No, the the final score did not uh, represent the type of ball game that it was. And, you know, we were – I don't know if worried's the right word, but there's always some concern playing a back-to-back. You know, we play these tournaments where you play three games in three days, but everyone's in the same boat. You play a conference game back-to-back when your opponent has just had the weekend and off and Monday to prepare. You feel a little bit worried that that could be a trap game scenario. And uh, we knew that – that Monette had a really good athlete in the Brant kid, uh, slasher, bouncy, physical, and then a good guard in the Waterman kid. And we knew that those two guys were good enough that if you let them, they could put up a lot of points. So, again, really focused. We were able to just have a walkthrough after school uh, to prepare for him. And then guys obviously watched film. But um, we really, I thought, did really good things offensively. We knew they'd probably start in that 2-3 zone. Did a great job getting it inside, finding the open shooters, knocking down shots, and causing them to have to get out of that and go to a man-to-man. When they went to their man-to-man, they've got a six-seven kid that they like to protect the basket with. But with our five-guard lineup, Mike, there's always going to be a matchup there that we have the advantage in. And as our guys have done a good job of lately, getting him pulled away from the basket and then getting inside. The problem was we lost Waterman once. He hit an open three. I don't think we believe that the Brant kid could shoot it because we, as a, a year ago as a sophomore, the Brant kid was just an athlete. Uh, the three, three ball was not a part of his game. He made a three in that first quarter. And so even though we felt like we'd played really well, you look up at the scoreboard and it was just a one-point game after the first quarter. It's funny because you mentioned on pregame last night with uh, with Landon Brandt that he was very good at getting second chances for himself. His first bucket came on an offensive rebound within the first 30 seconds of the game. And I went, well, that was prophetic. Uh, but after that, it kind of calmed down. Yeah, he's as good a second jumper as you'll see where, I mean, man, his the ball leaves his hands. And it, I don't know if expect and miss is the right word, but he's going after it whether he thinks he made it or not. and. He slashes so much, he has so much forward momentum that when he shoots, he just maintains that momentum into his next jump. And when you're 6'2 or 6'3, you're long and and you're as physical as he is, you're in a good position. And it's hard as a defender, you're contesting and you instantaneously have to make contact with that guy so that he can't get that second jump. And we didn't do that early, um, but then as the game wore on, we did a much better job of it. And, you know, the Brent kid had, I think, uh, seven points in that first quarter. Mm And the way the matchups and substitutions worked, Jack Cheney got switched on to him, uh, and that wasn't our original matchup. And we haven't asked Jack to guard the other team's best player a lot. Uh, just Bryce Budd and Kellen Braden can guard so well on the perimeter. Um, and then when, when Uche comes in, he's able to guard inside. And we try not to wear Jack out given the offensive load that he has. But for huge portions of the game last night, he was matched up on the Brant kid. And I thought he was the stronger guy in that matchup and uh, really good to see him be physical and guard 
uh, held uh, held Brant only two buckets uh, the rest of the game, and then he got a little bit at the free throw line. But uh, yeah, if we would have allowed him to continue that dominance on the glass, uh, it would have ended up being a long night for us. Good night for Bryce Bud, twenty two points, ten of ten from the free throw line uh, last night. Uh, uh, the senior coming on here as we go towards uh, the month of. Uh, uh, month, towards the month of February, and he also made some news over the last week I want to touch on as uh, he gave an oral commitment. I'm assuming he'll sign here down the road in a little bit, but uh, oral commitment to what is now going to be called Mission University. You may remember, you may know it as Baptist Bible uh, College over in uh, Springfield. They've changed the name or are in the process of doing that. So congrats to him and uh, what has gotten him to that level. Bryce is an extremely hard worker, um, you know, Ever since I've known him as a young man, uh, when he walks into the weight room, when he walks into the gym, um, it's nose to the grindstone, and he leads by example, and he's also turned into a, a verbal leader as well. Um, football coaches saw that on the football field. Uh, we see it in practice every single day. He he holds those guys around him to a high standard that, that we're working as hard as we can work all the time. and. He's not the biggest guy. You look at him and you think, well, maybe he's a little undersized. But when you're going to be undersized, you've got to be really, really tough. And Bryce is that. He can guard anyone at the guard position. Um, And then I think his three-point shot is what has developed the most. Um, That was always an area that was a little bit streaky for him. He's really gained consistency in that area. And, you know, we've had some familiarity with, with what was formerly BBC. Logan McNeely went to play there. And then uh, Coach Minders, their head coach, uh, he has strong connections to the Missouri Attack AAU program. Bryce played in that program uh, throughout the summers. So there was a familiarity and a connection there. Went to the visit, and uh, Bryce just said it, it felt like uh, a great family atmosphere. And they preach a lot of the same things we preach that it starts on the defensive end. Um, you're going to outwork your opponent. And then that, that really excited Bryce to be in a program like that. And really pleased and really happy for him and his family that uh, that he's found a spot that he's excited to, to go to and he's earned it and it's good to see though that hard work pay off yeah good program they've had some national championship experience over there uh, here as when logan was there as a matter of fact yeah national and, title and they and they're they're transitioning from the um christian college association right. into naia right. so they've ramped up their schedule and uh, they're just gonna i think that program is going to continue to blossom and grow here over the next few years. All right. Well, congratulations to him. We'll look forward to the official signing uh, coming up down the road. In the meantime, he and the rest of the Tigers have a couple more games to play yet before the season is over, and uh, that includes Friday night, court warming night, big, big night at uh, at uh, Wynn Gymnasium, as I mentioned during the girls' segment with uh, Blake Howard to bring a lunch. It's going to be a long night at Wynn Gymnasium on Friday with uh, court warming, senior night for the girls. I think, again, I think there's a youth program being recognized as well. So, a uh, busy night, which will include some basketball and that'll be the Cassville Wildcats coming in Cassville a program that has struggled and uh, we can say that at the, at the basketball level uh, over the last few seasons what have you seen out of this year's Wildcats they've got a ton of size Mike and um, they're under a second year head coach who I think in year two in their system uh, they look they look pretty tough defensively they, they have two they're listed on the roster as six eight but Two six six plus guys, um, and Eli Stokes and Jonathan Dunbar, who both of them played last year. They're just big, long bodies. They're going to play an extended one three one. They've got a, a third kid that's about six four, so a lot of length. And they're going to try to extend that one three one and just make it hard to pass, make it hard to find openings, and try to bait you into throwing some passes that they can get a hand on. 
Um, on the offensive end, as you would imagine with all that size, they're going to try to feed the post. Uh, they're going to flash to the high post, try to get some high-low action going. If you take the high-low away, they're going to swing it and try to get a wing block entry. And then when the shot goes up, they're going to go try to get uh, rebounds and stick it back in, kind of a uh, chuck-it-and-get-it mentality. So uh, at the guard position, they've got a lot of new faces. Uh, they graduated several guys that uh, played guard for them a year ago. So that's an area where maybe we feel like we have the advantage. We can maybe pressure their guards a little bit um, and, and maybe commit some extra defenders, um, play off a guard somewhere, and maybe maybe pack the paint a little bit to try to make up for the fact that we're going to be giving up Eight ten inches at some of the matchups, Mike, and I think if Cassville has success, it's when they're able to, to take advantage of that length. I think when they struggle is when, when teams are able to speed them up and make it a back and forth ball game. So, uh, you know, on Friday we're going to try to play fast. We're going to try to get a high shot volume when we can, and then if we don't get a great shot in transition, uh, then we'll try to be patient against that one three one zone, and uh, we, we've got to box out and rebound uh, given the size differential. They've struggled on the road, just one and six on the road. They've uh, actually had their best success on neutral courts and tournament situations where they're five and four. So that may be because they played some small school tournaments. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. But uh, two and two at home, but they're one and six on the road. For you, though, uh, I mean, again, chances are not great, but it, there's still a chance you can get a piece of the Big 8 West title. Uh, Seneca winning at Lamar last night certainly helped their cause quite a bit. They just have East Newton left next week, but. Uh, as you said yesterday, all you can do is take care of yourself and see what happens. Right. We're just trying to be growth-minded and, and focus on ourselves. Uh, it's kind of cliche, but that, that 1-0 mentality that win the next one, win the next one, and then you look back and all of a sudden you've strung several together. So uh, they're, not, they're not a team that you can overlook. They're not a team you can take lightly. We've dropped some games this year when, when maybe we, we didn't rebound like we needed to. We didn't value the ball. Um, maybe we just fell in love with the three-pointer. And then when the dust settled, we didn't make enough shots to win. And what we've really tried to grow into, Mike, is that on a night, maybe when shots don't fall, um, on a night when maybe the whistle doesn't blow and you don't get to the free throw line, we've tried to grow into a team that can still win ball games we should win, even when everything's not clicking. And and that that'll be the case Friday. I mean, if we don't rebound, they've got a chance to beat us. If if we fall in love with the three. Uh, against their zone and that's all if, if we're too one-dimensional on offense then they have a chance to beat us and then if we don't defend the high low if we're not not locked in and physical defensively um, then they have a chance to beat us as well so really trying to be the best versions of ourselves and just understanding that anybody can get you on a given night and uh, and if we play well especially in front of our home crowd um, we feel like it's a game that we can get in the win column and just continue to try to ride some of this momentum that we've built up uh throughout conference play, however it shakes out, but then into the postseason, uh, which will be here before we know it. As I mentioned during the Lady Tiger program, don't forget uh, the games uh, for the varsity are reversed on Friday because of courtrooming activities. So boys varsity at 6 on after the boys JV plays at 4.30, then courtrooming, and then the boys varsity game. at This is in Wynn Gymnasium. And then the, the girls varsity will follow on Friday night. So we'll change the schedule because of the courtrooming activities. All right, so that moves you into uh, – a game next Tuesday against Pleasant Hill, a district opponent in Class 4, District 13. Pleasant Hill's had a bit of a rough season under new head coach, uh, who some folks may know the name of. We were talking about before going on the air. I'll let you get into that. But uh, this is a game that, uh, that is important, though, because you have a seed meeting right around the corner, and uh, you're in a bit of a dogfight right now in those uh, top three or four spots. And uh, so put some importance on this game at Pleasant Hill next Tuesday night. It does, Mike. Um 
you know, Pleasant Hill's a team we're we're familiar with over the years. So we've we've played a lot of basketball against them. Um, but it's going to be a different program. Uh, longtime head coach Ryan Messenger's now an assistant at Warrensburg. And and you just knew going in all the time what you were going to get with his programs. Mark Scanlon, who was the longtime O'Hara coach when we were in the WCC, he took over the program when they moved to St. Michael's, had a lot of success there. Um, he's quasi-retired now and, and is just is just coaching. He's moved down to Pleasant Hill, which really isn't that far from the Lee, Lee Summit area. And and there's some newness. They graduated a lot last year. Uh, they had four senior starters. So not a ton of familiarity. We're going to have to watch some film over the weekend. And, and I think it's a team, you look at their scores, they don't impress you in the win-loss column at all. But they've had some games where, where they've been able to defend and, and keep some games close. Um, and anytime we go on the road up there at Pleasant Hill, it's a tough environment. And it seems like the ball does not bounce our way. I don't know if it's all the purple paint, <laughs> if it's the giant roosters everywhere. But sometimes things just don't come easy up there, especially on the road. And when you look at the district standings, you know, I think St. Michael's stands out. Um, they have that, I think, 20-point-plus win against us in our, in our matchup at Butler. They stand out as probably the one seed, um, play a really tough schedule, probably the, a tougher schedule than anybody else in our district. After that, it's wide open for the two seed. And the thing about the two seed in a six-team district or seven-team district is, you're, you're, if it's a six-team district, you get the buy, uh, but then you 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 just get that extra day to prepare and plan, which is huge. And then you avoid that matchup with the one seed as long as possible. And in a one-game playoff, anything is possible. So we've got a really good win against Harrisonville, who, from a win-loss perspective, looks to be you know the other team in the district that, that things would be up for grabs for. But if you were to drop this game against Pleasant Hill, who knows how the seed meeting could go. So really an important game so that we can put ourselves in the best position possible going into that tournament. And uh, the district tournament is at Pleasant Hill, so it would be nice to, to get some good mojo and some good moxie going uh, on their home court. Well, that'll be on Tuesday night and uh, again at Pleasant Hill. So we'll be making the trip up there on Tuesday and uh, see what Nevada can do against the Roosters. Uh, and just kind of looking at the district standings again, it's a little, it's not too early, but we're getting there. A couple of weeks, this thing will be seated. But uh, yeah, you got St. Michael at 9 and 8, but they got the strength of schedule. Uh, Harrisonville 12 and 5, but you got the. Lopsided win at their place. Uh, of course, I'm sure they're going to sit there and say, you'll never shoot that well again. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then Nob Noster is 11 and 9, and Nevada 12 and 9. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a few weeks away, but boy, what a district. This is shaping up to be. Yeah. And, and I think looking at that and looking at who's played who, common opponents and things like that, if we take care of business at Pleasant Hill, um, I think we're locked in at the two seeds. And uh, that's, that's where you want to get to. Obviously, you'd love to have the one seed, but uh, St. Michael's with a head to head win, I think, would be deserving of that. So, just business-like, business-like approach in practice, business-like approach every night when we step onto the court, and the, and then uh, just continue to get better uh, between now and the district tournament. And, uh, you know, district titles are really hard to get. And the longer you're in this game, you realize you can have some good teams, and, and, and uh, you just never know where you're going to get stuck and where you're going to be. And any time you have one that is winnable, uh, you you just you just want to give it all you've got to get there, and uh, uh, we're gonna try to keep things rolling and uh, see what see what happens come late February, early March. Well, coming out of the Frontenac tournament and then playing you know Friday a Friday Monday Tuesday schedule all these last few days, it was just two games. The next seven, you got to feel like it's a pretty light schedule. Yeah, Mike, I, I think today in practice will be really light, and uh, and then Thursday get ready for Cassville, and really maybe hopefully over the weekend be able to exhale a little bit. 
and feel like we're getting back to some normalcy and some time where we can maybe, instead of constantly preparing for games, do some more internal focus and uh, get a, get our legs fresh and, and under us for the home stretch. All right, look forward to it. Again, we made a home on Friday night, courtwarming, along with the Lady Tigers against Cassville, and then next Tuesday on the road at Pleasant Hill to take on the Roosters. Of course, we'll have it all covered for you. I'll tell you about broadcast plans in the final segment of the program. John, thanks for the time, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, Mike. Looking forward to it. Lady Tiger head coach Sean Gray will come back wrestling on the agenda. That'll be a pre-recorded conversation with head coach Forrest Dre. Just letting you know in advance that conversation was recorded before the assembly that was held this afternoon against Clinton and Nevada High School. So just in case you're anything that's dated, uh, you'll know the reason for that. But Ben Aberg and Forrest Drill talk wrestling after this timeout on Tiger Talk.